It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I love this Madden Mondays here in the Sports Lodge, proudly presented by Team Lally, who wants to wish you all nothing but the best during these challenging times. Stay safe and practice social distancing. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, three-time manager of the year, two-time World Series champ, and Angel Skipper Joe Madden. Joe, how are you, sir? How are you, sir? Good, brother. How you doing, Matt? Could you hear me good? I'm in my van. I'm sorry. Is the reception good? Ah, you sound better than ever. Okay, Hey, uh, what are you? What part of the country are you in on this Madden Monday? Well, I'm in Long Beach, um, down on the beach. Um, just had a conference, a Zoom call with um, Princeton University. So I just got done, came down to the van. I'm heading back to the RV, and uh, and then it was my turn with you guys. So I just wanted to make sure I sounded okay. Hey, man, you got to take advantage since you're in Long Beach. They have those great bike paths down by the riverbed, Skip. Done it. Done it. Oh, you're already on that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, I was wondering over the weekend, I was checking out some videos of your RV. When you're in that big big boy and you want to crank up the music, what's your go-to music in the RV? Um, like today, I had uh, um, Spotify with uh, 69 Billboard hits, and my God, was that good! Oh. Um, uh, it was that good. Uh, and then a lot of times in the morning, it's the bridge number 32 on on Sirius just to wake up. I have a Sonos system in there too, so you just hit the Sonos speakers and you put as loud as it gets louder as the day goes on. You start out kind of low volume, and I make my bulletproof coffee and I sit there and I read the. Uh, New York Post and these Hazelton Standard Speaker, and then I move on with my day. Hey, Joe, you know, John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival is a dear friend of the Sports Lodge. I bet he was all over that 1969's uh, Best Hits thing you were listening to, right, Creedence? Yeah, I'd love to. Is he around at all? Does he come to Angel Games? or? Oh, absolutely. And he would love to. I, I talked to John Fogarty recently, and he said, oh, I love your new manager. I'd love to meet that guy. we got to bring Fogarty around. No, I'm in. Absolutely. Uh, as soon as we can do this, I'd love to do that. Absolutely. Hey, have you tried the virtual happy hour yet? Oh, yeah. Um, I did that for the uh, Angels twice now. We had the... Uh, we had two of them, and both had a practice run. So the last one I did, um, was it last Thursday? Uh, Jay and I both did it from the back of our van, actually. And I had a, a nice bottle of Cabernet Franc, and um, went with that. It was probably about an hour long. It was outstanding. That does sound outstanding. And over the weekend, I got, I, I'm reading all kinds of different stories, and I want to throw a couple of things at you here. Uh, over the weekend... I'm reading that a 47-year-old Manny Ramirez would like to play again in Taiwan, possibly. But let me ask you this. When he showed up in St. Pete for your 2011 Tampa Bay Rays, I know he shut it down after only five games. He was one for 17, one hit. But as far as being around Manny Ramirez back then, what kind of guy was he and what kind, what kind of relationship did you have with Manny Ramirez? 
I love this. Uh, Manny, Manny's right. He's right. He likes to, he likes to talk about things, baseball and other things. And, uh, uh, we talked a lot about hitting and it was really cool to hear that, uh, we were on the same page, hitting mechanics, approach, things of that nature. Uh, real similar with him with that. Um, and then we just talked about, you know, his family and how he's doing and what he was thinking. And so, you know, it goes up, goes up the, the beaten path a little bit. But I'm here to tell you, Manny, uh, you can sit down and engage with Manny. Manny's got a, he has a lot to talk about. And, of course, he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. Uh, loves the game. That's why he's doing this. He absolutely loves the game of baseball. So it didn't surprise me when I read that either. But he and I had a great relationship. And he took the Cubs for a bit, too, kind of like a, um, a guest instructor or whatever. Uh, so I got to see him in Chicago a little bit, but I haven't seen him in a while. Did the rest of your Tampa Bay Rays, how did they take to him? Did his teammates like him? Oh, he's very likable. Yeah, man, he's easy to like. No question. Uh, very likable. You know, you read different things about when he was with the Red Sox. I don't know how much that is true. But I know with us, with me, it was outstanding. And um, that was great. We had him and Johnny Damon. Was, was it Johnny there at the same time? Was that, I get confused. Did we do a press conference, me, Johnny, Manny, and uh, Andrew Friedman. Wasn't that a press conference at one point? I believe there was. Yeah, so it's uh, always interesting. You know, a lot of times we might have got guys down there at the backside of their careers, but they still had something to give. I mean, it didn't work out for Manny that year, obviously. But I, I really, I'm telling you, from the moment he got there, we would talk about the batting cage almost daily and uh, had a really great relationship with him. Was he, how was he different? I mean, you know, because he's got that reputation almost like a, you know, he's high fiving uh, fans during the game and doing some wacky things. But how would you say that Manny Ramirez was different from everybody else? Well, I mean, uh, there's two people that are more comfortable in their own skin than he is. And then in his baseball skin, he's even more comfortable. I mean, the guy's good. And when he came up, you know, was out of New York City, I think, right? And, uh, he got yeah. there, struggled in yeah. the beginning with Cleveland. He used to chase sliders all over the place, and then he stopped doing that. And then once he stopped doing that, it was like, heads up, here we go. Uh, but, no, I mean, honestly, it was um, he's the kind of guy that would laugh easily. Um, then we get serious conversationally. When you want to talk about something, he'd bear down on it. He'd give you your right in the eyeballs, man. Um, you know, I, I just, listen, we were good. We were really good. Um I think he'd be a great coach if he really wanted to commit to it. He'd be a very good coach because he's got, uh, I think, great theories on hitting. Um, so as a hitting coach, it's a different it's a different animal to, to really parcel out your time as a hitting coach. And that might not be amenable to him, but uh, internally, wisdom-wise, he's got it. Yeah, that's a, he was talking about he wanted to be a player-coach uh, type situation in Taiwan, and he said he has a lot to share with players. Let me ask you about hitting coaches. You know, you got guys like Charlie Lau, who was, you know, one of the great hitting coaches of all time, they say, but wasn't much of a major league career hitter when it comes to average. What What's the key to being a really, really good hitting coach? Um, I think the big part is to not try to make everybody like you. That's number one. I mean, a lot of times guys that have been very successful know one way. And so they always attempt to teach their methods and – think about it further they only know one way to say it so when you're teaching players young players you have to be able to say the same thing in other words until it finally makes sense so the better coaches to me are the guys that have struggled a bit 
they've gone through a different process, they've examined themselves and others. So when it comes down to teaching, they can look at you, know what's wrong, and then they have to try to decide, well, how do I explain this to them to get, get him to feel the adjustment I'm looking for? So it's about saying the same things, trying to get the same adjustment done with you and me, but then somebody's going to have to say something, say it to me one way, to you in an entirely different way for it to make sense. To me, that's the really good coach. And, and on top of that, if you want to be a coach, you've got to be beyond playing. Um, I've always advised players about, listen, if you want to get into this, you got to know one thing for certain, you don't want to play anymore. And that's probably what got in Manny's way a little bit because he always wanted to play. And when it comes to being a good manager in the big leagues in the year 2020, give me the one ingredient every manager has to have. Uh, for me, he's got to have, have good, good listening skills. I think that's the number one thing. And then a high level of fearlessness would be right behind that. Um, I don't even know if they're synonymous or interchangeable. Um, there's so much scrutiny. Um, people are going to attack your self-confidence your methods, how you do things. Um, it's, the scrutiny comes from everyone. And a lot of it's just from places that, you know, really uh, don't know what they're talking about, but they're, you're still going to get the scrutiny. And so you have to be fearless in that regard. you got to know what you think. You have to know what you think. And uh, I think that's – and then when it comes to your players, you got to be able to listen, man. Don't always, don't always be quick to respond. Listen – a lot of times, if you listen to a major league player, he'll answer his own questions for you if you give him a chance to. But if you always want to interrupt the conversation, then it never really gets down to really what's up to it or this problem. Is it a big deal to you, Joe, whether or not your players like you? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to say that um, they don't want to be disliked by anybody. I know it's not possible that they're all going to like you all the time. Uh, normally what's happened if a guy didn't like me during the moment, uh, we end up being good friends afterwards when they finally realize, you know, the path that needed to be taken. Normally it's somebody that, you know, is not playing as often as he'd like to play. <laughs> That's the guy that doesn't like you or pitches often as he like to pitch. So then there's this disconnect whether you, I like somebody or not. It's not to do with, like, my methods or how I interact with you. It's just if you're going to play me or not. And so you got to wait, and then finally – the good self-evaluators finally realized, well, that was the right way to work with me. Um, and then eventually uh, you get to develop this great relationship. So primarily when you see here a guy not liking a coach or manager, he may have said something honest to him that he couldn't handle. He just wasn't playing him enough in the player's mind. Have you ever had a, a player or maybe a, another coach on your staff or a front office person call you maybe a year or two later and say, hey, remember that little thing we had, that discrepancy? I just want to call and tell you, I thought you were right now that I thought about it all these years. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Yeah, it has. And, um, you know, I'm not never going to reveal that, but it, it happened very strongly <laughs> a couple of years ago with a, with a player. And uh, God, we have so much respect for one another now. But that's, that's what you have to do, man. I mean, when, when things come out sometimes where you've got a player disgruntled, a lot of times it's just because whoever's – running this thing is not placating them all the time. I mean, you know, if you're not going to placate, then it's going to get up. There's so many different met, uh, methods to get your message out right now, and there's, there's not a thing you can do about it, and it's okay. It's okay. As long as you have a lot of self-confidence and you know what you're doing, it doesn't matter. 
During the last dance, I was watching one of the episodes that I had DVR'd, and they talked about, with the Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman going into Phil's office and saying he just needed to get away from the team. He needed a couple of days away. I was just wondering if you saw that, and how would you have handled it if a player has ever come to you and said, hey, Skipper, I need to get away for a couple of days? Well, um, I did see it, and it didn't surprise me, and I want to believe I'd be able to react in the same way. Um, uh, I've, I've had players come in, and uh, there's been different issues, and I'll always tell them family first and your well-being first. Um, the biggest thing with that is it's just about the other guys on the team being able to uh, let them in on it in a way that you're not uh, uh, criticizing somebody's confidence that they've given in you. Because uh, whenever I get a face with this tough moment like that, I ask the player that might be asking for something, if you would mind if I would share this, either with the GM, the president, the, you know, the players. I, I want their permission. And I'll, if I don't get it, I, I want them to know how important it is that I do. Because there's some people you absolutely have to share some of these moments with because it's not just a unilateral decision most of the time. Probably with Phil it was. I mean, I knew Jerry Krause a little bit, like I said, but I would bet that Phil had a unilateral moment right there. And absolutely, I mean, obviously he did the right thing. And, and not everybody's the same. And uh, got, you've got to, I think the biggest, okay, you know how you do that? Primarily how you're able to do something like that? It's not forget what it's like to be 25. If you've forgotten what it's like to be that age and, and what was going on in your mind and on the uncertainties and uh, the anxieties and whatever, if you've forgotten, then, yeah, you probably wouldn't do something like that. And if you could recall that at all, probably would be more amenable to it. And as you're describing all that to me, I'm thinking when you talk Major League Baseball and you guys are down in spring training for so long and then 162 games, all that time away from your family, do you think that players, coaches, and even a manager once in a while should be allowed to take a, a couple of days off? I mean, don't they kind of have that coming? Yeah. I mean, actually, Theo and I used to talk about that. Theo Epstein, he uh, feels into that uh, early on in my tenure there. We never really got down to it. And, and primarily because, you know, like, he was concerned if I was going to be tired or not, and I wasn't. So I told him, listen, if I do get to that point, I'll let you know. I have no issue with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, players, you have players' days off all the time, and sometimes guys get hurt and they take their two weeks. I'm not saying intentionally, but it occurs. Um, even as a manager or coach, when you're going through that 162 plus 40 in camp and then playoffs, there's a lot going on there, man. There's a lot of emotion uh, distributed daily. So, yeah, I would have no issue with that. Not that I'm looking for that. I really, like I said, if I felt like I needed it, I might say something. But I would not be opposed to if that was built in somehow to like an elongated, um, like an all-star break, or maybe create another three-day break at some part of the season to create another kind of an all-star game feeling. Love these Madden Mondays with Angel Skipper Joe Madden here in the Sports Lodge, proudly presented by Team Lally, who wants to wish all of you nothing but the best during these challenging times. Stay safe and practice social distancing. Joe, with all that said. You're a guy that for most of your adult life, you've been on the road. I mean, you're on the road for 81 regular season games. This whole current scenario, how big of an adjustment is this for Joe Madden, the person? Still there? 
Do I have you, Joe? I have you, Joe. Do I have you? Okay. So I was I was talking about the fact that for most of your adult life, I mean, you've been on the road. You guys play all of those baseball games. You're gone for two, two and a half weeks at a time on road trips. So right now in this current scenario, how big of an adjustment is this for Joe Madden, the person, Joe Madden, the husband? Um, not a whole lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've uh, we have house. We have a house on here. We have a house in Florida. Um, I rarely live in a house. I live in an apartment, um, a uh, hotel room, and a condo. I mean, in an RV. Uh, primarily, that's where most of my um, living happens. So right now, uh, we're waiting on our house to be vacated by some friends. So me and Jay are spending time between the RV, and we have a condo kind of downtown uh, Long Beach. So we're, we're parceling out among all those different things right now. And um, quite frankly, it's pretty normal. I got up today. Like I said, I did my thing with my music on, made my coffee. I did an hour-and-a-half bike ride. They got back, and then I was able to talk to the University of Princeton, and I'm talking to you, and I'm heading out to the chiropractor. I'm going to cook dinner. That's normal. Do you already know what you're cooking tonight? Yeah, I got leftovers. I got this, uh, <laughs> I made this Mexican thing the other day, pork and uh, uh, green green chili enchilada sauce with the green chilies. And I was thinking about, I'm, going to, I'm just going to cook up some um, ground chicken. I'm going to cook it up, round it up, and I'm going to throw it in there. I think the ground chicken with the pork uh, might be an interesting um, combo tonight with some really good corn tortillas. Hey, as long as you have good salsa, you'll be in good shape. Hey, a couple of more quick things here before I let you go. I'm not sure if you caught C.C. Sabathia and his comments on Shohei Otani when he said, and I quote, Are you kidding me? He can hit a ball 900 feet and throw 99 miles per hour off the mound. Who else can do that? Who else is doing that, bro? He's the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. What's your reaction to CeCe's praise of Shohei? Well, um, you know, we're already seeing one generational player in uh, Michael Trout. And like I, I think I've already mentioned it. Uh, we have another one in um, Shohei Otani and probably on the backside of Albert Pujols. I mean, there's been some generational guys around here, man. And uh, what CC said is right regarding, like, the unusual ability to hit like that with power and throw that hard. The big thing with Otani, he's got to do it over time, which, I, you know, with good help, he's going to be able to do that. But you look at what Michael's done to this point, almost could have been the MVP every year that he's played, arguably, and then, um, and then Albert, what he did in St. Louis, and then once he got here. Um, so the Angel fans have really been fortunate to see generational players and one that's on the verge of going into that right now. So um, CC's seen a lot, and I, I would imagine that CC might have, Otani might have taken a deep left on left, and that probably should have been that thought. Hey, Joe, what did you see from Albert down in Tempe during spring training? What what impressed you the most being around him as much as you were this spring? Focus, passion. I mean, regardless of how old he is or how long he's done it, this guy is totally passionate about the day. I really enjoy my conversations. Plus, I mean, he's lighthearted. I mean, you could have some really fun with him, but uh, at any age, nobody's more passionate, nobody cares more, nobody's more focused. Um, 
So when you get to that point in the guy's career and he can still demonstrate those qualities, that is pretty special. Hey, Joe, I talked to one of my baseball heroes this morning, a guy that you know well, Clyde Skeeter Wright, the only lefty in franchise history to win 20 or more in a season. And besides talking about his garden in his backyard with tomatoes and cucumbers and radishes and a squirrel he can't get rid of, we start talking about his trip to spring training this year and how much it meant to him that you called him and invited him to spring training. My question is, what value do you find in having some of some of our vintage Halo greats visiting spring training? Oh, my God. I think it's, 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 it's exciting. It's outstanding. It's, it's a big part of our winning culture. Um, and I owe him a phone call. He called me the other day. I got to call him back. Um, yeah, you see, when you, when you want to bring somebody like Clyde in, any of the, you know, the famous uh, old angel icons, they deserve a phone call. You just don't. You know, put the word out there or just uh, would you, uh, ask if anybody would like to come and let me know. No, you invite people like that. Uh, Bob Clear, I, I was with Bob for many years, and Bob Clear would not come to an instructional league unless you asked him to, and that was the right thing. Because you've got to feel wanted, man. If you want people like that to show up, they've got to feel wanted and that they have a role. You just don't kind of uh, uh, haphazardly put out the request. So with him and everybody else, I wanted them to know, like Frank Sinatra, I got to call Frank, too. I wanted them to know in advance, uh, yeah, I really want you. It's going to make a difference. It's important. Um, and that's the way to do something like that. I learned that from Babalu years ago, and I've always practiced it ever since. Amen. Michael Landon, the great actor, told me once, you have to have something to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And I think that when you call these guys to come to spring training, I think it absolutely means the world to them. And I think it meant the world to our mutual friend, Clyde Wright. All right, I promise. Last thing. Today is the day we celebrate a baseball record that will never, ever, ever be broken. Joe, I want to see if you agree with me on this. On this date, 1963, Bob Shaw of the Milwaukee Braves committed five box in a single game. He did it in four and a third innings against the Cubs in 1963. That will never be broken, right? Yeah, you know how they were committed. What was the what was the perpetrator? What was the reason for the box? Do you have any idea on that? Well, he balked Billy Williams down to second base in the second inning. Then in the third inning, he balked Williams not only to second, he balked him to third, and then he balked him home. And when I brought this up, and when I brought this up to Clyde Wright this morning, Clyde very astutely asked me, "Who was calling the box, the home plate umpire or a base umpire?" That's a big question, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the one at first base should have been the home plate umpire normally, and then after that, it's any umpire. I mean, but if it was a step to first base, that's normally left in the hands of the home plate guy normally, unless the guy at first base could see that he broke. The rubber with his front foot and then continued to throw the first base, which would create a box. I mean, I don't think at that time they were worried about discernible pauses or if the guy just went right through without stopping. That wasn't a big issue back then. That's why I'm saying um, Bob Davidson wasn't umpiring then, so it wasn't Bob and Bob. I know that. I don't think he was there. So I'm curious, like, what was the, what was the reason why they called so many? And yeah, no, it's man. not going to be I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to get the uh, scoop on that. 
Joe Madden, manager of the Angels, another Madden Monday. And don't forget, Joe, Mother's Day coming up this Sunday. Yeah, I got Beanie. got to take care of Beanie. Thanks, Lodge. Great to talk to you, man. <laughs> Great talking to you, Joe. Great Thank you, sir. All right, be well. You do the same. Joe Madden, manager of our Halos here. Another Madden Monday.